you know, it's like uh, also that time of the year that people are shipping fruit cakes everywhere. You know, you get some fruit cakes in the mail. It's all That's seasonal. <laughs> but they like made this soda, which I may or may not be drinking because they didn't send us a case. And, you know, it's made by Mountain Dew, brought to you by Pepsi. No, just kidding. We're not endorsed in any way. So this may or may not be Fruit Quake by Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of going to be like complaining about it because, uh, oh, it tastes pretty good. It doesn't have a lot of carbonation. And uh, you would think like the idea of like a fruitcake soda would be disgusting, right? Because fruitcakes are who you send to your enemies. Like you look at your holiday list and go, you know what? Steve's getting a freaking fruitcake this year, you know? And just think about everything that Steve did to you during the year. So you got to send him a fruitcake or, you know, uh, Aunt Roberta, you're getting a fruitcake. You're getting one. However, it's a good soda. It tastes like the code red, but like more subtle somehow. And it's not as you ever have a soda that's like lightly carbonated. So you can just like enjoy it. As opposed to one, if you try to down it, it like tears your throat, right? Because it's like too much carbonation. Dave, you know you can ratchet up your carbonation or reduce the carbonation based on your formulas in your sodas? Really? Did you know this? I mean, I know you could do that with the home soda makers. Add a little carbonation, a little less. But uh, $10 for a 12-pack. Things are out of control. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of Is it like a... <laughs> that's that's more than some beers. <laughs> yeah, but I've been trying to track this thing down all season. So like, I finally found it, and then like, uh, I Instacarted it, which is like you order groceries, you know, on your phone. Uh, and um, yeah. I'm sure in the store it's like, but here's the, th- it's like, it's still out of control because it's like you buy if you buy two for twenty, you get the third one for free. I'm still like, what are they charging you for? Like the mineral rights of the aluminum in the can? And you, here's another fact before we get into movie facts. David, I know you like the trivia. Um, it's aluminum around an inner lining of plastic. So your can of soda is still technically plastic. So you're drinking plastic. Wow. My mm-hmm. next question is about evolution. It has nothing to do with TV and movies. You're listening to a movie and TV podcast. I'm talking about evolution. You think humans are going to evolve to be able to drink and eat microplastics? Since we're already consuming them anyway, do you think like our bodies will be like, we're plastic people now? You know, it's funny is that's a that's a great joke, but that was literally a plot point in the new David Cronenberg movie this year. Is that right? Is that why they're growing the <laughs> yeah. organs? Is crimes of, crimes of the Future has a has something to do with eating plastic. I'm not even lying. So we can so we can evolve to eat the plastic. That's pretty cool. Uh, Cronenberg, you're my man. The fly. What's that Videodrome movie? All yeah. kinds of stuff. We put those on Jordan's list. Both of those. Okay. It's on the list. She might not. I don't know. That might push your limits. And those are good movies, but they are out there. I've made it through the gauntlet so far, yeah. so I am yeah, determined to to keep going. You're like a battle queen, like you know how they spell queen on the internet with a with K a and a w. W. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. <gasps> she made it through the wilderness, folks, which is like a Madonna song. One full but, year, guys. Just yeah. a little over. Oh, wow. Yeah, happy, the anniversary happy episode? pot of. Happy Potiversary? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Happy podcast anniversary. Pot- oh. Officially. Yeah. So, yeah. Although I try to separate us from the rest of the podcasters out there because it's more than a podcast. It's like a whole thing. Yeah. We're like an anti-podcast podcast. We keep uh-huh. the pauses in, right, Dave? Uh, yeah. Keep them. We're like a punk podcast, in. you know, warts and all. A punk podcast? Yeah. 
Yeah. P-U-N-K. Look it up. It happened in England. It came over here. Hmm. Um, you know who's not going to be a pirate, David? Who? Margot Robbie. Yeah. Rumor mill is they cut her out of the next Pirates of the Caribbean. They might be bringing back good old man Jack. Well, hers was supposed to be a whole spinoff, like her own her own series. Yeah, she's supposed to be to like like Jack. uh like Jacqueline, like Jack's daughter or something, or cousin or whatever. That's kind of a bummer. I would have I would have enjoyed seeing that. I mean, they could put them both in a movie. And why am I sniffling, folks? I've been cold for like the last six months. Like there's a ghost in my freaking <clears> office. I swear they they make the internet slower at this office complex at night, save money, and then they also like lower the freaking heating. Is there a ghost in your office? I don't know. Maybe he's taken up all the Wi-Fi. Who really knows? <laughs> Who knows? There's now we're going to talk about ghosts. I'm way off track. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> Although I think Wi-Fi ghosts can make a good like kids <laughs> movie. <laughs> oh, maybe. Keep, somebody make a note of that. We got to develop Wi-Fi ghost. <laughs> Wi-Fi ghost movie now. Um, we got to get that deal. Because honestly... What's getting left on HBO doesn't even make sense. They're canceling every HBO movie, but you can get Bat Wheels. Do you know what Bat Wheels is, David? No. Okay, remember that movie Cars with Lightning McQueen and all the cars could talk oh, yeah. and neighbor the characters and there were no people and people were like, where are the people? Mm-hmm. Online, there's actually a meme that like the people are all dead, either eaten by the cars or it looks like the apocalypse. Only the cars survived. <laughs> but Bat Wheels is literally like all the Batman cars and vehicles talk to each other when Batman's not around. Interesting. It's like Toy Story for Batman's cars? Yeah, dude. And that's what? what's on HBO Max right now. That's like the number one. So they, they killed Cartoon Network, but you got Bat Wheels. <laughs> they, dude, like, I, yeah. Like, I literally had to buy the new Aqua Teen movie this last week that was supposed to come straight to HBO Max, but they milked me for 20 bucks. No. So they yeah. milked you, David? Yeah. Say, that's Greg, good. you can pretty much milk anything with nipples. Can you milk <laughs> me? That's uh, a movie reference, folks. Keep up. All right. Um, I'm trying to enjoy White Lotus season two. However, it's got a lot of promises and it's not delivering on anything. And I'm not connecting with Jennifer Coolidge, his character in the season. And she's like a comedy icon, dynasty legend, whatever. And now I feel like having watched part of the second season, she's starting to feel overrated. And I, I hate to say that, but it's like... I even turned against my man Christopher Guest, and she's in like half of his movies. He also plays uh, Stifler's mom in the American Pie movies. My issue with the show is like, if you tease along certain details, you gotta deliver on those promises. At some point, Jordan, if you're watching the melodrama, they gotta give you the slaps and the fights and like, you know, yeah, something. I mean, they're in Italy. They're in freaking Italy right now, hmm. right? And all the romance is like pseudo romance. Like they're not delivering. They they're like putting all these threads out there of all these hookups, and there ain't no yeah. hooking up. It's like no. below deck. If we never go below deck, or uh, what's another one? Ninety Day Fiance. They hook up in that show, right, David? No. Jordan, somebody help me here. I haven't seen the show. Do they hook up? I, yeah, they, no, they, they must. Know. They must. I, I am. I mean, I'm kind of with you. Um, I'm still watching it. It's not the worst. Uh, there's enough to keep me going, but it feels like they rushed. The first season was such a big hit. They rushed out a second one when they could have, like, I don't know, taken another year. I mean, it's not like a show that demanded to be renewed right away. But I don't know. Jennifer Coolidge's character just feels sad. Like last time, she had a reason to be sad. It was her mom dying, and this time, it just feels like she's kind of pathetic for lack of a better term like they made her character kind of just sad and pathetic 
I don't know. Bummer. May, and there's three more episodes or so. Maybe they'll pull it together. I don't know. You can only hope. <laughs> you can only hope, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes it's That's just a, a letdown. Yeah. It really sucks, you know, but... The delivery was so, like, blase, like, just, like, blase. It's like, uh... Jordan says you can only hope, but it doesn't sound like you really care. Like, move <laughs> along. <laughs> there was, like, no hope in that saying. You're like, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I like Jennifer Coolidge, so I hope, you know, it turns out to be good for it's, I mean, I don't, her. It's not her fault, it's just... it's Her character's it's, not that, I mean, not that redeeming. Like, what's the story behind her character? Did she get all her money from the mom? I, I maybe, I think she had, I forget how she got her money, but she yeah. she's wealthy on her own, and now she's just but with a really... she can just go to all these resorts... Guy. Well, yeah, because I mean, that's I, she probably has a package deal like people who buy, um, you know, timeshares. It's probably that kind of deal. Oh, she's like, oh, maybe she owns. That's going to be the big reveal, right? At the end of the season, you find out she's like part. She's like, oh, I'm one of the three owners of the White Lotus. That's why right. I only stay at White Lotus. Man, find out her character does a podcast about the White Lotus, and so she's got like a one of those like swipe cards, you know. <laughs> All right. Supposedly, the hotel is real. I don't know. I mean, Where I wouldn't doubt it if that uh, that hotel's real. It's probably not a white lotus. Or I don't think the white lotus exists outside of the TV show. I don't know, unless, unless they create like a it spurs a white lotus resorts. Um, tonight's movie is called Eat Wheaties. It's about this dude named Sid Straw who wants to prove that he knows a famous person because the accusation of not knowing the person is ruining his life. And it's kind of like a story which all feel-good movies seem to have in common. I don't know if you notice this. Like, the feel-gooders, it's like a catalyst hero. They change everybody else around them, but they don't themselves go through a change. But they change the other people, mostly. You know, like the kid in that movie who was going to the Olympics, the Eagle or whatever, oh, right? Yeah. Eddie like, Eagle. People are like, give up. Don't do this. You can't do this. What are you talking about? And it's like, I'm doing it. I'm going. This is happening. So same thing. Sid Star's like, I know her. We went to school together. We are acquaintances. I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, although, although it is funny because another way you could say it is like this guy really fights against the restraining order. <laughs> like, which when you say it like that, it just feels creepy. Right. Uh, yeah. I'm just I saying mean, that's if, another way of presenting this, and it would sound totally different versus well, fighting for so, your rights, sticking up for yourself. Sid Straw is played by order. Tony Hale, who's like a pup. He's like a puppy dog caught in the headlights or like deer in the headlights. If it had been also, he played Buster on Arrested Development. So if we didn't already know that he was like a soft sell as a like passive aggressive character, if it was like a Chris Farley or a John Belushi or like somebody with like big energy. You would think he was like a jerk the whole movie, but it's mm. Tony Hill played it so soft that you like accept that this is a little bit weird. And like you're right, like if you hear about the harassment order, you'd be like, "This dude's a psychopath." You know, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like the receptionist who's like, "Yeah, you know." He's got unwavering uh, optimism, and he's yeah. obviously super naive. So, like, he's not creepy because of that. But, like, when you put it, like, fact of the matter, you're like, that is a stalker. Yeah. Anyways, but... Well, I mean, the main plot device is he doesn't know how social media works, right? And, like, the movie <laughs> was made at, like, the height of Facebook's popularity, right? And he's like, I thought those messages were private or whatever. You know what I mean? He's, like, <laughs> writing this novel, like, journal entries to his supposed friend. And the other thing that's funny about the movie is Elizabeth Banks is an actor in real life. And so she's part of the plot too. Like she exists in the movie as an actor, right? 
And that's yeah. who he supposedly went to college with. Um, oh, but then you get an appearance by uh, Paul Walter Hauser, who's like a good actor. And he plays the lawyer that the guy finds, who's not accredited. But again, because he won't give up on his own quest, he then he then like inspires the lawyer. Oh, well, get your law degree in this one state that will accept your online college so you can practice the law. And uh, that's that's it, because I think like I'm jumping into the favorites already. So we're dabbling Dave, a little. Yeah, we're, we're dipping in a little bit. Dave, take over. All right. So we got some dangerous facts for this. Um, so uh, this movie is actually based on a book called The Locklear Letters, in which uh, the character Sid actually writes letters to Heather Locklear instead of posting on social me- social media. So clearly this was updated for a modern audience. Oh, man. You know why they didn't include Heather Locklear in the movie? Because she's batshit crazy. Hmm. Well, there's probably that. Too. She had a run. Well, she had a run of bad luck lately. So I think like. Well, also the audience, they'd be like, who's Heather Lockley? Well, yeah, I think they had to update it to a modern, like, who, this generation, who they know as that. Well, um, did it, they did, like, kind of, didn't they leak her, and he, they were, he was like, how old do you think I am? Like, didn't they say her name? Oh, did or, they reference her? I think they did oh, reference maybe. her, because maybe. if that's, like, what... Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, wow, they might have. Yeah, that's, I think That's they a good did. catch, because I didn't, I, I looked this up after the fact. That's a good catch. Um, we should revisit that. So. We should, yes. Uh, so Elizabeth Banks, uh, so this movie actually got a few details right, which I found interesting. So Elizabeth Banks did graduate from the University of Pennsylvania in 96 and was a member of the sorority Delta Delta Delta. Uh, so all that checks out. And uh, surprisingly, she met her husband, Max Handelman, while going to college. So like a lot of, lot, Elizabeth, a lot of things happened for Elizabeth Banks in college. Um, Wheaties was, uh, so this is interesting. Wheaties was originally called Washburn's gold medal whole wheat flakes before being changed to Wheaties the following year, 1925. So I don't know. Could you guys imagine going and grabbing a box of Washburn's gold medal whole wheat flakes? Just well, just gold to... medal flakes would have worked. Doesn't have the ring to it. The yeah, same ring as Wheaties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so Wheaties actually was created by accident when a dietitian had spilt bran gruel on a hot stove and it dried and hardened into what we know as wheat flakes and the Wheaties now. Um, another interesting thing about Wheaties is the most expensive box of Wheaties is a 1951 one ounce box with the baseball player, Ted Williams on a box. And it is currently going for 2,500. So I guess if we pulled all our money together, we could own a box with of Wheaties with Ted Williams on it. Probably gone bad by now. All right, that's it. John just based. <laughs> I mean, crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers podcast. Only got to mention one thing tonight, this holiday season. New subs can get three months of free trial of that Amazon Music Unlimited. Go to getamazonmusic.com forward slash binge watchers. Three months free of the Amazon Music holiday playlist. Dave's in. We've already talked about fruitcakes. 
He talked about uh, baseball memories because of tonight's movie. He talked about Wheaties, Olympic gold. It all ties into the holiday, folks. Three months of free music. I actually kept it. The last time we did this, I signed up. I still have Amazon Music. Um, I got a bunch of crazy stuff on there. You know, everything's mixed. I mean, it's it's like people are like, what are your favorite songs? I'm like, pick a genre. But, you know, <laughs> it's all there. Do you have your own playlist on there? or uh, You're damn Toby? right I do, David. It's got. Uh, <laughs> no, let's, 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 let's talk let's, about it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to give away my. I don't want to. I, I don't actually want to talk about it because we'll be here all night. Let me. Let me just. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Ah, oh shit. man. All right. Hold on. I have to turn the Wi-Fi back on my phone. Yeah, I'm trying to maximize all the Wi-Fi we have in this office, folks, so we can record this. But now I'm like. I'm like, I don't have to. Well, obviously, I always have at the ready. I have uh, I have Bon Jovi's freaking. Um, what's their Western album called? Um, Young Guns. Blaze of Glory. Blaze of Glory. Yeah. Um, I'm getting back into Soundgarden. I don't know why. I mean, bef- before the show, guys, we mentioned briefly summer. some brands coming back. And Jordan's wearing like a thing. Jordan, what are you? What is that thing you're wearing? It looks That's like it, a 70s like. Yeah, it's like a 70s leisure type deal. I don't know. She mentioned the juicy thing that was like in the 90s. Kind of looks like something Hugh Hefner would wear, but I'll take uh, it. Bringing crap. it back. Oh, I'll go by artist, I guess. Okay. I got the band in here. I got Eartha Kit. I got Eagles. I got Halsey. I got the Highwaymen, Emojin Heap. I got Johnny Cash, obviously, Lady Gaga, Panic of the Disco, Stan Bush. That's right. Hmm. I got System of a Down. Remember them? Holy crap. I never forgot. Anyway. Um, I have Thugger Shrugger's Ball, so, you know, I got Bone Thugs and Harmony in there. I got all kinds Crossroads. of stuff. <laughs> yeah, so who knows? I mean, sure you taste. guys have like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, pick a mood, pick a time. What? I, I didn't it. hear you. He said eclectic taste. I love it so much. That is exactly. It was quite an array of artists you just provided. Um, Where are we? Oh, I actually, I think it's uh, time to kick it over to Jordan for the favorite bits anyway. For the bits. Honestly, it's hard to pick just one because I truly thought this movie was funny. Like every like 30 seconds, Um, (laughs) like in his replies, just the way that he carried himself. But one scene that stuck out to me is like when they are all at dinner with the parents, like um, Sid has to move back into his parents' house because he's lost like, you know, everything. He's lost his job. He's like lost his apartment. He had to return his car or sell it. And so he's having dinner with his family, his brother and his sister-in-law's there and his sister-in-law just absolutely hates him. Um but the part that stuck out to me was the shepherd's pie that his mom like made this really healthy version of what could be a delicious meal just because I've had a personal experience like that when you like go to eat lasagna at like a boyfriend's house and then they make like lasagna with cottage cheese instead and it's just like guilty as charged wait okay time out stop the train so first of all, you don't put cottage cheese in a lasagna. It's you, you got to go with ricotta. You know what? You're a cottage I grew cheese up, lasagna I grew boy. up on 
government aid. So yes, we had to put some cow. We had to put cottage cheese sometimes instead of some ricotta. You got to save and those bucks. <laughs> that is something different than trying to like make a meal to make it healthier. And it's a mm. meal that like should just be thoroughly enjoyed because of flavor. And I'm just like, I was like, mm, this shepherd's pie with cauliflower just was bleh. okay. But yeah, that is that's another level. Like yeah. So just yeah. a struck a chord with me, but honestly, uh, even like the brother's birthday, I just thought it was so funny with like the C and K debacle of his girlfriend's name that I could go on and on and on, but nothing I'll spoil for, for you guys. I'll, I'll leave some other bits to you. What about you, Dave? What was your favorite? Um, I, I had a few myself. Um, I was really surprised. That, so this is feel good month. And for the first two thirds of this movie, I'm like, where the hell is the feel good? Enjoying the movie, but I'm like, where the hell is this going to actually like make me feel good? Because like it was a cringe comedy for the first two thirds. Um, the, yeah, but it builds to such a high note, right? It does. It does. So redeeming. It does, but I didn't see it coming. I was just like, where is the feel good? Uh, and it comes. Uh, but uh, there's a couple moments. There's a scene in the beginning where, I mean, I was kind of surprised he he uh, locked down um, an overnight date with. Uh, an actress uh sarah burns um i can't remember the character's name but um he has you know an overnight date we'll call it uh in his apartment <laughs> with a lady and they're having a moment where she's awkwardly saying like i gotta go home i gotta go feed my dogs and they're having a moment where they're awkwardly singing who let the dogs out in bed um <laughs> you know and i don't know maybe it's made extra special i like that actress i like kind of have a low-key crush on her whenever i see her and things um the the other scene is like uh, i won't Kind of at the climax, but not exactly. Uh, basically, uh, spoiler. Oh, fuck it. Spoiler alert. Um, he he wins his case, and he's kind of stunned. Okay, so you're end. putting cottage cheese in lasagna, and you're still in my spoiler alert gag. Do it, uh, Dave. Do uh, it. So, so, so any, tonight, Dave. So he he wins his case. You know, uh, Paul Wal- Walter Hauser and him and Tony Hale win their case, and he's kind of stunned. And he asks the judge, like, "So wait, did we win?" And they're like, "Sort of." And that's just kind of life. Like sometimes your winnings are not exactly a full winning. It's like, yeah, you kind of won. You just did it. You got enough. <laughs> you got enough of, to call it a win. But uh, I, I just something about that just kind of tickled me uh, particularly. Well, and I love like how they just go on the whole rampage of like you know suing everyone who did him. Playful revenge. Everybody that set yeah. him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go back one and, by one. And, in a weird way, it's like. Uh, 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 Jane and Bob strike back at the end of that movie. They just go find all their online haters and beat the crap out of them. It's like this, except they take them to court <laughs> and win. Well, what's funny is like, you kind of know that he's going to end up with the waitress. Cause he goes to one restaurant, right? So I was hooking up with better drinks than he's ordering. Yeah. And I was always asking about his life and her attitude perks up when she talks to him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they get together, but then you finally find out here's the other spoiler. You find out why the sister-in-law doesn't like him because he accidentally pulled her wedding dress down at a wedding by getting into a fight with his other famous friend, who's like a baseball player or something, right? Isn't it a baseball player? Yeah. Derek yeah. yeah, yeah, Derek Strawberry. So yeah, so he he's just like the friend of a friend of, of famous people. And like, there's this notorious thing that they talk about the whole movie, but you don't know what the reference is until, you know, they're having the brother and the sister-in-law are having their baby. And then it comes out, you know, in the delivery room, exactly what the drama was, you know, before the movie started. Uh, yeah, but they lay in the fact that from the outside, certain elements make him look like a stalker because he's just socially awkward, right? Like you're talking about like the the accidental overnight hookup and then like the he's just bad with technology, like not just Facebook. He doesn't know how to work his iPhone. He keeps calling the wrong person. And it sounds like the yeah. girl that he previously yeah. would have been considered stalking 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so anyway, and then like um, Jordan's favorite bit also includes like a, a great montage. Like you see him in a montage, like lose everything slowly. Like, you know what I mean? Like the possessions in the apartment get less, less and less. Mm-hmm. And like all um, stuff. his accessories change. And then yeah, as Jordan said, like he ends up in his parents' house, you know, mid forties or whatever. Which is like payback. Shit is circum- the what? payback to the bank. I just had that whole flashback, like when when like the bank denies his unemployment check because of the misspelling, and then he gets to like go back with all of his checks and like do them dirty. That was yeah. <laughs> to me because I was like, "Screw you, bank lady! Like, how dare uh, you?" That is uh, pretty great. Yeah, I would lo- I would love to have the opportunity to do something like that. Like, oh, wait, oh, oh no, I'm gonna take I don't know. Have you guys had to deal with banks lately? Like, they've gotten oh. like pretty monotonous. Like, they don't really. They never break like this training. I don't know what they do to these people that work at banks now, but it's like they don't ever break that like invisible barrier between you and them as like a real person. Like it's I it's very creepy actually. It's it's like uh so yeah, so that's a good comeuppance, you know, like when he gets back at the bankers, it's really good. Um maybe a laugh. Yeah, so my favorite bit is like um It's actually the interactions when he is at the first office and and he's like just in his corner office and he's writing the letters on Facebook, like just the the setup of of the scenario I like best or the payoff at the end. Because you're right, Dave, like you kind of it's like a slow burn. Like you're like, you're like, why did did John nominate this movie? Like, I'm not feeling like I'm getting depressed. (laughs) Like such a rise at the end, like which most movies can't hold it that long and then deliver on it on the goods. So that's why um let's rate it but i think i think it's it's like an automatic rating this week i think definitely a binge now for me i thought it was like i think you're right not necessarily feel good because it doesn't feel good to like watch him get beat down for a good 45 Mm. minutes but it's just funny and it's like i don't know just the ending was perfect and really heartwarming so i can't wait to tell everybody to watch it since it's kind of you know, the season of giving, but, um, what about you, Dave? What would you rate it? Yeah, it's a binge now for me. Um, this, this movie, you know, you hear like movies walking a tightrope and this movie does just that because if in another hands, this could have been like a really dark comedy. This could have been a psychological thriller. This could have been like so many other things, but it walks this tightrope of being a cringe comedy and also very sweet. So, um, you got to give it up for that. I mean, it's all in the actors and the writing, I'd say. So binge now, John. Oh yeah, it's a binge now, and this is only the uh, second or third time that I watched the movie, so it's not like it gets watered down. So you can, it's a re, it's rewatchable. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I'd probably make a run, like I'd I'd make a run of a recommendation to people in real life about it. Like, oh, you like Tony Hill? Have you seen this movie where he's like the main character? They'll be like, no, never heard of it. Yeah. Like, yeah, man, most people haven't. I, I don't think they could actually actually call it eat your Wheaties because I think that's like trademarked, you know, Probably. by the by the cereal or whatever. Yeah. But but you're right. I think this feels kind of like that perfect movie you can recommend to everybody because it's it's broad enough of a comedy where I think it's accessible for everybody, but it's also just twisted enough that people who want something a little different can enjoy. And all the actors are great. All it's the like, actors are great. It's got like a murderer's row of like the best TV sitcom actors. Like most everybody's been on like a long running sitcom and hmm. done pretty well on it. I feel like you can also find something that 
you like like or resonate to in a character and like so applicable to everybody right like yeah you know it, it was just so good so do we have any staff picks we watch anything besides oh, shameful the movie screenings we, i have a shameful <laughs> screening you we guys got a shameful screen. i feel like we need like a peewee hermit like ah <laughs> i actually have three the confetti has to fall down from yeah. the sky i have three shameful screenings whoa is it like a I trilogy? watched all three Lord of the Rings this week. Oh, okay. You did the nine hour stretch? You just like plugged in, plopped down, and yeah. turned it on? Like, and started the first Hobbit. So yeah. I'm sucked in, but Lord of the Rings was excellent. <laughs> Loved it. Um, I, I mean, I don't know even where to go with this. It's just the romance i don't know the magic the fight scenes were so insane like super good i'm all about fantasy so i'm super thrilled about See, that now, but... now you can watch this comedy called the interview and you'll get all the lord of the ring references that uh james franco and seth rogan make uh make to each other throughout the movie yeah i just feel like there's just so many like gifts out there now that i'll probably understand and so it was <laughs> yeah. excellent you know yeah. yes yeah i'll be like oh okay that's what they were talking about the whole time so see i watched it again like two or three years ago over christmas break and um that, those they hold up really well like they're ahead of their time in that i felt like this is like a netflix miniseries made before they had a netflix to put it onto because when I saw them in theaters, it's very kind of hard to sit for three, three and a half hours at a time yeah. in a movie theater. Uh, this time I watched it, I break it up like watch two hours at a time, come back to it, start it. So watch it like a miniseries or like a Netflix show. Yeah. So it was so good like that. And you're so right. You can't go to a movie theater and watch a three hour movie these days. Like, but being at home, chef. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, now was that a recommendation like one of your boys said like oh you need to finally watch lord of the rings or did you just go you know what i'm finally gonna watch lord of the rings uh kind of both i mean yeah. i definitely i tried to see them when i was younger but it was like definitely too long of a movie for me to watch mm. and uh, like me being like practically narcoleptic i just truly could not have <laughs> Like I, it's one of those movies where I like fell asleep, woke up, fell asleep, and woke up again, and the movie was still playing. And so, <laughs> oh, yeah. you're like, like I, wake up, why is everybody crying? Because Gandalf is dead. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and like we've been talking about it. Like I work with tons of dudes, and they're all like big Lord of the Rings fans. And so, yeah, I told my man, I'm like, we'll watch it soon. And we do just, you have a favorite character? Um, I let me. I gotta like. I didn't take notes, so I like forget all of their really different names. But I can look it up really mm. quickly. To, um, I mean, obviously, who's the one that like returns to be the king? Because he's such a babe. Aragorn. Gonna, there we go. And um, Gimli is that his name? Oh yeah, is the beard, the short the, beard, the, dwarf? the bearded dwarf. Yes. Yeah, it's a dwarf. Gimli. Okay, toss me. Yeah, <laughs> so cute. So, and then is it? Uh, Erwin, what do you say her name? Who's obviously uh, Liv Tyler's character? I don't know. Um, okay, Dark Hella. Okay, there's two. There's a human princess who's blonde. There's an elf who's blonde who goes a little bit nuts. That's Kate Blanchett. Correct, and then the yeah. third one is Eowyn, who's um, Aragorn's wife. Aragorn's who, wife. Who rides a horse and is like, come get him. Yes. Yeah. And at the Those end, when they, magic. 
when they all like kneeled to the four hobbits, I was just like totally uh, sobbing. So like <laughs> yeah. definitely cried at the Lord of the Rings. For Those sure. are definitely feel good movies. At least yeah. Yeah, the last one. <laughs> Whatever yeah. you do, don't watch the Hobbit. Why? Because it's nowhere near in the same league as Lord of the Rings. Well, I'm, like if you expect it to be, you know, you're just not setting yourself up for success. But, but it's kind of hard not to when it's all the film, same filmmaking team and everybody behind those movies. Yeah, well, but they like, had much more practical effects in Lord of the Rings. They relied too much on CGI spaghetti cartoons in the the New Hobbits. And like I haven't witnessed that yet, but like you're so right, Dave. Like obviously the effects in the original trilogy just like hold up so well, and like like I was still impressed. Like it was still so fantastic, and I'm sure a lot of that had to do with the fact it was real, like makeup and obviously some special effects. But I can tell that like obviously with the Hobbit that there's like it's just so much more computerized, and so not going to be the same. And it won't well, be the same. Right. So. I mean, what's amazing about those first movies is they they blend both. Obviously, they're CGI, but like, there's a lot of real sets. There's a lot of like yeah. practical stuff. So like, you well, know. they're like, we need every horse rider in New Zealand come down here and dress up as a knight. You know, like they had women horse riders because I guess they outnumbered the men and they pasted like beards on their faces. That's so funny. and dressed them up to be the horse riders. You know, that go down the big hill. Like, yeah. look for us on the ninth day. <laughs> and I was hoping for some dangerous details while I was watching these because I'm like, how much did it cost to like freaking produce Uh-oh. these movies? I'm sure it, it was uh, just ridiculous. But you know, it's so funny is like probably if those were made today, I would wager that those three movies probably cost less than that one season of the Lord of the Rings show that just came out. <laughs> no lie, I'm not even I'm not even making a, a joke here. There's a prequel series on Amazon now and it's horrible. Terrible. It, 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 the bloom like fell that. off the rose really fast. I love like the first episode or two cuz it was like it, there was a magic like oh I'm back in the world and then it just got very boring. <laughs> so I thought um that's a good staff pick. That is good yeah, job, that's Jordan. Good. That's, a, good that's a really good movie. Thought I did you guys proud this weekend. So Nice. Dave, did you watch anything? I did. Uh, so, so talking about going into a theater, uh, I did go into a theater this week, and I saw the new art house film uh, or comedy, uh, the Banshees of Inisherin. If I'm saying that right, uh, it's new new movie from the guy who did In Bruges and um, the one that won awards a few years ago, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Um, it's a very simple, very simple movie. Uh, Colin Farrell and uh, Brendan Gleeson, our best friends in this small Irish town. The 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 crux of this movie is um, Colin Farrell goes to find his friend one day, like, hey, let's go to the pub. And he's just giving him the cold shoulder and he doesn't understand what's going on. His friend up, ends up showing up at the bar and just ignoring his friend the whole time. He realizes it's April 1st and Colin Farrell thinks, oh, this is just a joke. Approaches him the next day. He's like, oh, hey, so I got your joke. Ha ha. No, just wants nothing to do with him. And basically, so Colin Farrell confronts his friend and says, like, why are you why don't you want to be friends? What's going on? And he just basically flat out tells him, like, look, I've only got so many years left on this life. And being friends with you is just dull. <laughs> like, you don't talk about anything interesting. We just get pissed, at, pissed drunk at the bar. Talk about nothing. I want to create music. I don't want to I don't want to be friends with you anymore. So the whole movie is just this whole confrontation of like him trying to build back up his friendship. And it's about loneliness and you know, but aren't like what it means to be with friends, like, they, aren't there like violent ultimatums and the other friend yeah. is like obsessed 
There is, friend, and I'm trying not to give too much away because yeah. it kind of comes as a shock. Um, it, the friend ultimately, get, uh, Brendan Gleeson ultimately gives Colin Farrell an ultimatum. Like, look, I want to be alone. I don't want to be friends with you anymore. If you keep approaching me and talking to me, I'm going to do this. And it just keeps escalating from there. And I, again, I don't want to spoil it because it's not like streaming. You know, you got to go to a theater to see it. Um, but this is probably my second favorite movie I've seen this year. It has, I mean... I can't think of any many movies you can say is heartbreaking and hilarious at the same time. Cause this, I'm not selling the comedy. This movie is a comedy and it's very funny, but it also is funny discussing very dark things. So uh, I'm sure it's going to be up for some awards next year, but uh, yeah, the Banshees of Inishirin. Check it out. You watch anything, John? Yeah. I tracked down that documentary about, um, Bible salesman that the fake mockumentary in this show on IFC called Documentary Now, um, Bill Hader and Fred Armisen like reenact these docu these obscure documentaries. Mm -hmm. So they do one where it's a bunch of salesmen and it's a black and white documentary. But in the in the comedy version, they're trying to sell globes. That's but in the real in the real movie, they're trying to sell Bibles. And yeah. like, so I was looking at like what scenes they took directly out of the documentary and then the stuff that they made up to fill in the gaps to have better jokes. But it's weird that like the actual movies, like some kind of like educational explanation of like the sales process. Hmm. And then like the salesmen attended a meeting. They attend like three like training meetings and like they're getting railed, you know, like talking about their like um, they're basically saying like, the regional director shows up and he's like telling them like that basically it's like a, a calling from a higher power to sell the Bibles. And then it cuts to the guys in the audience smoking the cigarettes. And then the one salesman who looks suicidal because he hasn't sold the Bible all year or whatever. And then like he's driving around looking for like an address he can't find because the streets like split apart in this town they've never been in. And then like you just see them like uh, competing, like even within their own team against each other, like, and then, like, they try to make him feel guilty, you know, you know what I mean? For, like, not, not you know, not not selling enough Bibles. And <laughs> I don't want to go into politics or religion, but it's like they, they make the guys feel guilty, like, actually guilty. You know what I mean? Like, like they give the guy, like, they make him feel so guilty that they have, like, an existential crisis. And, like, that's what you're watching in the actual movie. And you go, like, oh, man, like, you feel bad for these dudes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I watched that. And what then a funny I tried bunch. To... That's like two hilarious actors that I would never like think about being together. Oh, they do great. That series is actually best, pretty great. Yeah, the best documentary is they do um, one that's based on a bowling movie. Like there was a bowling documentary. And, oh, the League uh, of Gentlemen. The yeah, League, League of Gentlemen. So they, they do their version and uh, it's ridiculous. And it's got hmm. Billy Monahan as the other bowler. Um, oh, and it's got the guy from Dexter as one of the bowlers. Oh, that's right. That's right. They just did one recently on uh, the recent documentary, uh, My Octopus Teacher, but in this one it's called My Monkey Grifter, and it's about like this guy who forms a relationship with a monkey that keeps screwing him over. <laughs> it's pretty great. The best thing I've seen with a monkey lately is there's an episode of It's All of a Sunny in Philadelphia where they think they can replace D with a That's monkey bartender, and the monkey makes them drinks, but he's really just getting them uh, stoned so he can he can rob them blind, and they wake up and there's like monkey feces all over, and all their money's gone. Wasn't it? Wasn't wasn't he just pouring like a whole pitcher or like a whole mug of uh, whiskey? And they just like, oh, it's whiskey beer, but it's just straight whiskey, just the whole bottle. 
Yeah, I, I don't remember what he did to, to knock them out, but it's. Just, I think he just gave absurd. them straight whiskey, so they drink a mug of whiskey and pass out. Hey, next week I was thinking about wearing a Santa hat. I was gonna wear it all month long, but I uh, I misplaced it. I think it's here in the office somewhere. Um, unless the ghost took it. That's a callback. I, did we mention it on the show, or did we talk about it pre-show, or did we mention it during the show? We did we're talking about wife. We did mention it. Okay, cool. All right. Ghost of Christmas present, folks. Oh, his Wi-Fi ghost, yeah, because that's going to be the Dave. What are we watching next week? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, we're watching uh, Nobody's Fool with Paul Newman. Hot damn! Are we arrived at the Paul Newman entry? I also watched The Verdict, which has Paul Newman. I watched that this week, like, like maybe a day after I told you guys that I just decided we're going to watch a Paul Newman. The other I... movie that I was considering what is called The Verdict, where he plays an alcoholic attorney who's like an ambulance chaser. Like he shows up. In the beginning of the movie, he shows up at, like funerals, you know, hands oh, the like right. grieving widows his card, and then but then he gets a real case that like um, they botched this lady's tr- uh, operation in the hospital and she's like a vegetable, and so he it's like a David and Goliath thing, you know, like he's a not a well respected attorney anymore, but he's like by the book as it turns out, but he has a bad reputation because he tried to stick by the book, and the firm is like the biggest firm in Boston, and they didn't want him to go by the book. So they actually said that he's the one that broke the rules. They tried to get him disbarred. And then, like, I won't tell you whether he wins the case or not. Like, you guys should see the verdict. I, I've good. seen it years ago. I remember him, like, because, like, he, not only what you were saying, but, like, he just, like, goes into, like, alcohol and just, like, becomes an ambulance chaser, if I remember, remember right? Yeah, like, well, it's a weird reason to become an alcoholic, but he has, like, a moral backbone, and they use it against him, and it kind of destroys his life. So, I mean, that's why he's hitting it hard, you know? I don't, I'd have to rewatch. I, I remember liking it when I watched it years ago, but um, that is kind of a weird feel good because I feel like like Eat Wheaties, the first two thirds of that are a depressing movie. And then, hey, we'll make you feel good right at the end. Oh, but unlike modern movies, the climax is such a climax. You know what I mean? Like it build. That's that. I mean, that's what movies have to get back to. They need to build towards something, you know? Yeah. Like the Lord of the Rings where they defeat Sauron at the end. Am I right, Jordan? You are like, so right. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know if it was gonna happen. I didn't think Frodo was gonna make it, but good thing for Samwise, you oh, know. Mr. Frodo. Yeah, well, that's the best part of the movie where he goes, I I can't carry the ring, Mr. Frodo, but I can carry you. Oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just sobbing. Yep. All them feels. All the feels. All the feels. For Frodo. He made it. One yeah, you're right. It sounds like a lawnmower turned on. Somebody's cutting their grass. I think it might be my washer draining, so... Oh, dang. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah, I guess the podcast no, is over. He's really wearing a juicy leisure suit is because... <laughs> I have no clean clothes. <laughs> hey, behind the scenes, folks, you get to end it that way. Oh, this is the bad part about living in an apartment, so... The laundry? Yeah. You ever have an apartment where you have to do basement laundry, where you gotta go down to the basement common area and do the laundry? We're all... Last time I lived in Boston, I was down the corner from a coin-operated laundry. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, but like I could go through the through the basement and go walk over to the laundry. Mm. There you go. David would feel unsafe in that situation, wouldn't you, David? Who's going through your drawers in the laundry room? It's a common area, David. Oh god, or what's worse is if you live in an apartment complex with only one washer and dryer amongst like ten units and how rude people get and just throw your shit out when you don't get to it 
two minutes ahead before yeah. it goes off or after it went off. Could be worse. You could walk in there and they're wearing your pajamas. What's your favorite novelty pair of pajamas, David? Uh, probably my uh, my Cookie Monster set or my Cookie Monster bottoms. Yeah, so you walk in. Steve's wearing your Cookie Monster. <laughs> you know, I've got quite a yeah. I'm not wearing any. I'm I'm wearing very basic bottoms right now, but yeah, I love a good pair of pajamas. Dave is pantless. If you're wondering, <laughs> somebody call Frank in HR. Oh, He's receiving emails and responding within 24 hours. So. Yeah, but like he's a, a good pushover. Yeah. He's a pushover. I send him a little catnip and all forget. You sneak him catnip on the side? Frank, we a, don't got to talk about this. He's a pushover because he has three legs, Dave. Oh. Jordan, I thought you were going to say it was a big P word. I thought you were about to be like, say something else. Uh, well, he is a cat, so. Yeah, that's true. Fill in the blank, folks. 